It is podcast time, hockey fans. Thank you for watching this Dan K. Show production presented by the Pueblo Bulls. want to welcome everybody aboard for episode one, the grand opening of Go West, the podcast focused on all things USPHL, junior hockey, college hockey, and it's all about the West Coast, Best Coast. We're going to hit a little bit of everything throughout the series, and I want to say a big thank you and a big welcome to our first three guests. Yeah, this, this is a three for one, everybody. I've got Adam Benaldi, the general manager of the Las Vegas T-Birds out in the Pacific Division. I've got Nick Benaldi, an 03 defenseman who has got some big advancement news of his own that we'll touch on. And then I've got Anthony Benaldi, a goalie who's also got some big commitment news that we'll touch on. So thank you to all three of you for hopping on here to the podcast today. Thanks, Brandon. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Well, we'll start uh, with, I guess, the first piece of advancement. And this one will go to Anthony. Congratulations on committing to Nichols College. And Thank what, you. what was that scouting commitment process like? I mean, you know, again, that, that West Coast thing, right? Being in Vegas, Nichols College being back East, what did that process look like for you? Yeah, so that started... Um, I'd say towards the beginning of the year, um, they were watching games, watching video. And, uh, I mean, that was just the early conversations. And then towards the end of the year, kind of middle of the off season, we started talking more serious. And I, I actually have a good buddy of mine who is on the team and he, um, he plays on the team now and I played with him growing up. So he kind of was able to, uh, talked to coach Parnell about me and our coach actually both of our coaches played with uh Mike Parnell in junior hockey so that kind of started the talks and then uh middle of the offseason I was able to commit there what was if there was one what was like the seminal moment in that process where you knew you know what this is the place to be I know I'm going to sign here and I'm just kind of waiting for that offer where was that that moment for you I'd say I was talking to my uh, my buddy who actually played in the NCDC, Joey Allegrini. We talked a little bit. We um, I talked to him about the school, talked to him about the team, and um, and then after my first conversation with Coach Parnell, like about the locker room and the school experience and everything like that, um, I think those talks is really what pushed me over the edge to choose that school. Well, I know you mentioned like you know, growing up and playing with Joey and, and I guess this is kind of a pivot point for um, both you and Nick, the, the youth hockey community and everyone growing up playing hockey in Vegas, what was it like for the two of you to get to kind of transition from youth or, or AAA hockey and, and get to move into playing for the T-Birds, playing in Vegas, playing at home? Like what are some of your favorite memories or stories of that? So when I was 14 and he was 16, we're, we're two years apart. Um, we moved from Vegas to Arizona and that was our first time playing AAA. Uh, we played, we both played for the Bobcats for yep. two years. And then, um, I went to the Thunderbirds when they were in the Western States league while my brother played one more year, 18s with uh, the Coyotes. Yeah. And, um, like for me, I don't know really the same as Ant, but like, I was kind of weird. Like my, my youth hockey, I felt like it took me longer to develop. Like I wasn't as good in youth hockey. I felt like. I couldn't find my game as much. And then once I switched to juniors, it was like a, 
maybe playing with the older kids or playing with better kids was something that made a difference. But that was that was a huge part for me is once I switched to juniors, I felt like I was able to definitely kind of like develop my own game a lot more. And for me, I think the biggest, uh, I guess the best part of going to junior hockey is something we or our family talks about is hockey players versus um, just playing hockey, right? Like yep. being a hockey player means eating right, working out, doing everything to be your best. Playing hockey is just showing up to the rink, playing some games, doing practice, whatever, and then just going about your business. But when we got to junior hockey, I think it was a lot more real hockey players. Everybody took it serious. It was a more passion, more dedication to it, which really helped the overall mindset when I when I came in the following year. Well, and I know like you guys talk about that transition, right, of of becoming, you know, junior hockey players and, you know, Anthony, you're headed off to college and next year. And then Nick, like you're taking the next step up, right? So you spent yeah. time in Vegas and now you're headed to you've got a tender with the Boston Advantage and the NCDC. Um so both of you, ironically enough, are headed back east to Massachusetts. So you'll still be within shouting distance. What does it look like for you, Nick? Like, what are you excited about about that that opportunity to take the next jump? Yeah, so I think the main thing, like the difference of being able to play NCDC compared to Premier, is you're going to get like the D1 looks, especially in Boston. Yeah, like that's that's really the main like the playing for free. That stuff's cool too, but like. Um, it's mostly like being able to like get the D1 schools to look at you and obviously the level is going to be a little bit higher too. So you get better competition with the chance of going D1 is a lot higher from NCDC. And I know, and this is probably a question that's a little bit for you, Nick, and, and also for you, Adam, like this connection, right? This, this T-Birds to Advantage connection is not a new phenomenon, right? It's something that you guys as an organization have really work to cultivate and develop. I mean, Eric Altman um, found his way from from Vegas to Boston. What has that done um, for your guys' program and really given opportunities to to hockey players out West that may not get that initial NCDC look? Yeah, and I think one of the things is our organization, um, if you look at the birth year of our team from last year, we might have been the second youngest team. And so what that does is it kind of, if you do well with those younger kids and you focus on development, then the next level teams, whether it be North American teams, whether it be, uh, you know, teams from the NCDC and even colleges, you start to gain some attention because you're doing well against 20 year olds in most cases, right? So right. we started with that mindset of taking some of the younger, we have even some QMJ draft choices on our mm -hmm. team last year. Mm -hmm. We moved a kid from our team to the Quebec Major Junior League, which is a very weird connection for a, <laughs> a Las Vegas team, right? So um, so that starts to gain some traction. And then John Marks, our president, you know, he coached at North Dakota. Um, the guy from Minnesota, Duluth, hit that head coach, played for John. And then Kerry uh, Eves from Fargo Forest was at our camp and helped us both pick our team and send kids to main camp. So. We have a USHL connection. We have Quebec Major Junior connections. And then, you know, some of these NCDC teams back east, our coaches spend a lot of their day reaching out on our players' behalf to say, hey, we have a real special kid here. I know we're on the West Coast. And and so, you know, a team 
wants to move kids on and sometimes they don't have the budget. And so it does take you reaching out, making those connections. And some of these advisors and agents, you know, they, they're looking for unique ways to get their exposure for their kids. So all of those things, I know that's a lot of different things, but that's kind of how those relationships build um, through, like I said, former players, um, people that are two coaches, uh, Joe Sullivan and Corey Ward, both played at in the AHL. So all the way up, they have relationships that they've built where if we have a special kid, we can say, Hey, you know, this is really worth looking at that. So it just takes, I think a combination of all that stuff. And, you know, Eric was a young player before who had done really well, Eric Altman. And, you know, he fit that kind of next level. His skating was elite, needed a couple pieces and we all should kind of be in the development game. And um, I think both us and the Boston advantage are pretty good at that. I like, and and this is someone that's got a little bit of the background on the mountain division side, and I can at least watch and, and stay in tune with the time zone. But I mean, you mentioned that kind of connection with Quebec. I mean, you had Simone Pierre Brunette last year. And what has that opportunity kind of opened up for you guys in terms of development where, you know, we're seeing out West, ironically enough, at this, at this level in the USPHL, we're seeing more and more kids make their way over from Quebec. I mean, you guys in Vegas have a strong presence in that area. Same with Fresno, uh, Pueblo in Northern Colorado hit that a little bit in the mountain division. What does that do for that development curve and getting eyeballs back East? Yeah. And, and I think um, it's unique because there was a couple things that happened, you know, COVID the Canadian, you know, just the way that they handled hockey and what happened to those kids. I mean, kids miss whole seasons, right? right? So that was the beginning of opening the door. And then they started to see how the hockey was and the development. And now I have relationships with QMJ teams that say, I'd like him to play a year with you and get him ready. You know, so it's evolved from somewhere to play to a true development hub for people. And then as a result, my American or North American players they're getting a better level of practice because these kids that are draft choices that maybe aren't ready are very, very good. Right. But they're missing a piece or they need a year of maturity, right? So we're kind of taking on that thing. And then all of a sudden people's, you know, word of mouth in this hockey world is really big. So then before you know it, a parent tells a parent and an agent tells an agent. And then, you know, now we're having to kind of unfortunately say no to some kids because we, we got full. So I, I would say that's number one. And then number two in Quebec, Unfortunately, there's not this level because it goes triple A hockey and right to the QMJ. Right. You know, so if you're if you need a little development or maybe you're a little behind or maybe you need one piece or who knows what it is, they don't really have that proving ground of junior hockey that's still a high level. So we become a really good middle point to hopefully make the leap next year, you know. And that's the Simone Pierre is exa- a perfect example of that. Yeah, and I mean you know, talking about kind of that that hub aspect and, and bringing folks in, you know, obviously all three of you are in, in Vegas and you talk about the different, I guess, niches, right, that that teams fit. Obviously, at the NHL level, you have the, the Golden Knights um, and UNLV is starting to make strides at the college level, really making serious noise about trying to make the jump that ASU made and get to an NCAA level. What is it what is it like for you guys as a junior team in that market to be able to be in such such a hockey heavy area? I mean, the the Golden Knights have been there for five years, UNLV has been there longer, but it is a hotbed, one of the fastest growing markets in the country. 
Yeah. And, um, that's something that I tell our recruits too. Um, cause Vegas was a little bit of an anomaly. Like what, let's say when Nick first started, you know, it was, it was tough to get fans at some of the arenas we were at. Right. Right. And so, um, but during that time, then the Knights have the success and then the silver Knights have success. And then UNLV, they've got a couple D one transfers this year. Right. You know, and they're our, playing our DU. Cap- yeah. Yeah. They're playing DU. Yeah. And then, uh, and we play them by the way, in, um, scrimmage game so um we get a real good intimate look and they go to our games and our captain uh, you know um from last year caleb strong got to go to unlv which we're super proud of um and he had a lot of options and he chose unlv because he got to meet the coaches he got to see the facilities and they are making big strides so you're absolutely right like our fan base now we have kids wearing T-Birds jerseys to Silver Knights games, T-Birds jerseys, you know, our mascot goes and volunteers in the community, like stuff that you see in like Canadian type junior hockey programs where there's that community involvement now and are more and more billets and more and more, you know, we're doing our first annual golf tournament on August 12th, you know, and um, we have a ton of golfers signed up for that and businesses that want to be a part of it. So we're taking the strides that you would see in a normal let's say, you know, Saskatchewan or Detroit or Buffalo or, you know, some of these hockey hotbeds, we're doing some of the same things. Uh, and it's, you know, I think our boys love it because they're they're signing sticks and they're signing jerseys. And Anthony got to practice at the end of the year. He got to practice with the Silver Knights right before they went to playoffs. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah, that was a pretty and, – and that's part of, like, it's a small hockey community that's exploding. So our boys get some of that, like the goalie coach watched us practice in the morning. He respected Anthony. One of the goalies got called up and all of a sudden Anthony's the, the, uh, a practice goalie for the AHL team. <laughs> Just, you know, cause we're, the boys are good and they're right there. And like I said, we get to play UNLV. Anthony, what, what was that like? I mean, I imagine you, you what started the day just thinking it was going to be any other day and then basically got a call to go to practice. Kinda. So, um, so we have morning ice, right. like six a.m. And uh, so I didn't have any shooters that day. So I was just doing skating drills for an hour or so. And um, their goalie coach comes in the rink for practice and was like, uh, "I've watched you a couple times. Do you want to uh, come skate with the Silver Knights?" I was like, "Of course." So I I got his number and I was able to uh, able to skate with them and. Our coaches know a couple of the players. I um, I actually know Gage Quinney pretty well. Okay. I'm the same age as his sister, so I've um, known her for a long time, and I've known him for a while. So I was kind of comfortable, and it was cool. I mean, he, all the coaches treated me like I was on the team. I got equal reps. They helped me with certain things, like corners or whatever it is, and uh. It was a great experience. I got to keep the jersey and everything. So it was awesome. Oh, man. So you've got your own Henderson Silver Knights practice jersey just in your closet, basically. I, I wear it every day, actually. I wear it for, <laughs> for practices in it. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad flex, right? No, you know, no, no, no. be able to Especially push that out. You didn't buy it, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even better. You could be like, no, no, this is earned, guys. This is yeah. earned. <laughs> no no sideline swap. Really. <laughs> Looking like and having those connections and relationships next year um, in December through the, the 19th through the 22nd, 
um, you're going to have a showcase in Vegas. And this will be the first time that um, a USPHL team is, is hosting a showcase of that magnitude out West. What? I mean, it's Vegas. It's Christmas. It's got to be a popular app. Um, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not hard to get people out here. Um, <laughs> you know, honestly, like if a, if a scout can uh, hang around, watch some hockey during the day and, and enjoy Vegas at night, like you said, it's not a hard ask. And we have great relationships with the hotels and the restaurants around here. And, um, you know, back in the day, the Western States League used to get 100 schools to the uh, the yep. West Coast showcase, you know. so. We, I don't think we'll hit 100 this year, but we're planning on probably in excess of 50 schools. Oh, wow. Um, you know, coming out to see, you know, because the level of hockey, the USP has done a great job in expanding. And as a result, and if you move kids on, then more and more people look at it as an option. Yep. Um, you know, and, and so I think, I think some of the schools that will start out kind of like you said, just coming for fun and check out some hockey, will turn it into, wait a minute, we're seeing some real prospects here. And that's our hope, right? You know, because, I mean, we're taking, we feel a ton of responsibility for the league to make sure that it goes not just well, I would say, like, operationally, but more important, like, colleges want to come back next year. You know, and because, as I said, it's a very small community where, one co- one coach played with somebody else or played for somebody else. And they say, you know, I went to that Vegas showcase and it was absolutely worth doing, you know? So we hope to get it in the coming years to a very, something the scouts look forward to, not just like a little bit of an anomaly, you know? Right. Um, yeah. And, and there's really no slow way to do it. Right. We just got to put the work in and the boys got to do their job. Right. They're going to have to, you know, make sure that when the, when the bright lights are on, they perform, but I will say I, I've I've seen some stuff last year. The difference, even year to year, in the talent level that's coming into the league. Like I said, some of this QMJ stuff and some of the Russian kids and Czech kids and the fin- Finnish kids. And I mean, San Diego, I think had seven San um, Swedish kids. Yeah, I was going to say they. I think they recruited the entire peninsula. Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they, they went from uh, struggling a little bit. I think we beat them one game. I think we beat them 7-2 or something like that. And all of a sudden, we were down 4 nothing the next time we played them. And uh, it was it was quite an experience that we had to wake up to. But you know what? That's just great that people are getting better throughout the year. Ontario, same thing. Struggled a little out of the gate, mm-hmm. you know. And then all of a sudden, you're seeing real hockey games to get into the playoffs. Like one-goal games with great goaltending and everything that you want to see in a high level junior hockey game, you know? So, um, and that's what I would say to anybody that's <clears throat> coming out. I think the division gets a little, cause it's new. It got a little bit of a bad rep. Yep. Um, yep. And some of the teams came out of the gate, the, like the mismatches were pretty heavy. Um, you know, I think Fresno and us were probably a little more established and a little more ready to make and that then jump. As the season went, yeah, as the season went on, like anybody could beat anybody, and that just makes for a great division. You well, know, um, super proud of our division, actually. And, and the thing is, like, I, I love that you guys, you know, kind of touch on on that that piece. I mean, where everybody has really, you know, it took a year. Sometimes it takes time. Everyone's really establishing that kind of niche in in your guys's division, right? I mean. You look at San Diego, again, they're going to try and heavily hit that international recruiting pool. Fresno is always a quality program. And 
And you look at, you know, you've Emerson Edom in your division, right? Down in Long Beach, they're going to look to take that step forward in year two. It's so tough because, you know, you guys are playing when everybody's in bed. That's always the struggle on the West Coast, right? Oh, yeah. You're saying like just the time zone? Yeah. 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 Well, and I will say this, the technology that's available like through Instat and some of our partners, you know, Hockey TV and, you know, and, and, and the partners make it real easy as long as you do your homework for your players and you package up stuff and you, and you, and you do the highlights right. These scouts, they want to look. They just, can't, like I said, the budget doesn't exist to come out and they're not going to stay up until one in the morning. But that doesn't mean on Monday morning they can't have an intelligent conversation about one of your players. You just got to put the work in. You know, right, right, and 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 and, and I see, I, I see, I'm very confident that Emerson's going to put together a good program. We have Bakersfield joining our division, mm-hmm. you know, so seeing our division grow and being able to play some different teams, right? Because nobody wants to play the same teams. I think one year we played Fresno eleven times, um, yeah. and it was just a war. <laughs> you know, it gets it gets a little stupid, and then you go see him in the playoffs too, right? So it's it's um, but you know what? There's a healthy respect gets built too along the way jeff and i uh you know the gm of fresno are good friends and we've done some cool things together starting with the showcase he's a huge help for me um because he you know obviously he wants the west coast showcase to come together just as much as i do right so yeah that, i mean that's the one thing about the division i can say you know on game day we, we go to war but everybody all the owners all the coaches are working very hard to make sure the kids move on the division grows and uh, that's what it takes, you know, I think, to have a new division and make sure you can't just be on an island and try and all you care about is yourself. And it just won't work. Yeah. I mean, you have to have that that build together. Right. Because if if only one team is on that island and they're making the strides and they're taking the steps, but they're leaving everybody else behind it, at the end of the day, it doesn't really help that team, nor does it help anybody else um, because no. they are on that island. Right. Yeah, and and honestly, like even the new teams that enter, we've given them some of the players that we didn't have room for. We've, you know, players that came to us through these different channels. You know, we've given them to these other teams. So, you know, because again, I want competitive games. You know, the recruiting, the players want to play competitive games too. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to. Nobody wants to win games twelve one. You know, nine one. That that's not. They know that that's not a real recruiting game. Right. You know, so the, the having all the teams be competitive is super important to kids moving on. Many a goalie has been told, well, you were on the best team and we didn't get really tested. Right. You know, and so it, 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 it's super important for us all to stay competitive and it's going to help our boys move on. And like I said, the goal is to get these kids on to the highest level they can achieve, you know. And I, and I think, you know, if you look at Nick's journey, he went to juniors pretty early. Right. Uh, Anthony stayed in youth um, right until the end, you know, because he was in the tier one league and a lot of people will tell you both. And I think there's really the, the cool thing about the USB is that it's proving that there's more than one way to skin the cat. Yes. You know, you don't have to go to the North American League or the USHL to play college hockey. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's the best thing in the world is that we actually are not just letting kids play hockey, that if you commit to it, and you do the things your coaches need you to do, you can move on and keep playing if that's what you choose to do. And I think Anthony's a perfect example of that, you know? You know, again, historically, especially out West, where you don't have a a developed, I mean, you'll have the NCDC West starting next year, but, you know, you don't have a a way for for talented West Coast kids to stay home and and play high 
high quality hockey historically. And and then with the USP expanding and, and the success that, you know, programs like the T-Birds have had, um, the Pueblo Bulls in the Mountain Division, you're starting to see more opportunities develop for like Anthony and, and Nick. You know, a decade ago, where would where would they have gone out west to try and get that college commitment, right? No, I, I mean, it's really hard. And truthfully, it's hard on the families. Like nobody mm-hmm. wants their kid. I mean, all these hockey families on the West Coast had to sacrifice their 16, 17, 18-year-old kid going and living in some other state. It, it's not fun, even though, I mean, it's a growing experience. If you can let your kid play high-level hockey and stay home and, or in this case, play with your brother, it's an amazing opportunity that we didn't take for granted, for sure. Um you know, and, and on that note, by the way, I think this is a really got a really good time to announce our affiliation with the Ogden Mustangs that are moving to the NCDC next year. So uh, this will be the first time that we announce that we are going to be the uh, kind of premier affiliate for the Ogden Mustangs as they move into the NCDC. Oh, I love me some breaking, some breaking <laughs> news. Yeah, I didn't even tell you that before this. You like that? that was... I, I like that subtle, that subtle drop in. It's great. It's it's a nice little teaser that I can get yeah. people with. Yeah. Um, you know, before we wrap up, I guess I want to circle back to uh, Anthony and Nick. You know, both of you guys got this experience in in Vegas. And, and what would you guys say to players, families, folks that are really, like they're looking at, at that, you know, junior hockey versus youth hockey Um I guess scale. Like, what would you what would you tell folks? Because you know, like your dad said, you both took two different paths to get where you're going to be, and ultimately, it's advancement, right? NCDC or college? Yeah. Um, honestly, like, I had so much fun. Like, I left I left the Bobcats halfway through my 16 year to come play for the for the T Birds, and like that was honestly the best thing I did. Like, I'll always remember. Like, one of my first games was playing Fresno in Selland and they had like 4,500 fans. Yeah. Game, it was a 7-6 overtime loss, but it was just unreal. Like fans were throwing popcorn on us, like walking out, like beers thrown at your feet. And it was just like, that was like the moment where I knew like, this is like so much more fun than youth hockey. And like, it just, the memories you make are so much better. Like the busing, the roommates, like me and Ant got a room together for the two years that we played together. It's just, it's a different experience. Like youth hockey is fun looking back also, but it's just so much fun to play junior hockey, especially at your hometown in Vegas, nice weather with my brother. Like it was the best thing I could ask for. And I think he'd agree too. Yeah. I, I played my last year of 18s on the junior coyotes and I have some good memories from there, but I think looking back, I wish I would have maybe made the jump a little earlier, at least that season. Um, especially talking to Nick, how much fun he had. Like, And then the next year was amazing. Rooming with Nick and our other roommate, Caden Thorne. Every bus trip, every roadie was so much more fun. And something that we didn't really realize, like you have three-minute warm-ups in youth hockey. You come to real junior hockey, you get a real warm-up, real intermissions. It just feels like real hockey. And I, I would suggest if the opportunity is right, Maybe get into a league like the USPHL a little earlier. I wish I would have. And then uh, go from there. But, yeah, junior hockey event was amazing for me. Looking forward to college. But definitely look back at my time here in Vegas with my brother and my some of my best friends 
very, very fondly. Well, I appreciate you guys for taking a, a pretty hefty chunk of time out to talk with me um, for episode one. You guys get to lead it off and set the standard. So oh, yeah. congratulations on that. Um, if you're <laughs> looking for more information on the Las Vegas T-Birds, you can find them on social media at Las Vegas T-Birds. Um, like Adam mentioned, they'll have the Vegas Showcase in December. Um, if you're interested in reaching out, learning more about the organization, you can find them on social media. Um, they've got, at least according to the social media sphere, their tryout camp is on August 25th through the 27th. So we got about a month prior to that. And gentlemen, thank you so much for taking some time and talking with me. Nick, Anthony, congratulations again on thank the you, next man. step in your guys' hockey journey. Thank you, Brandon. Appreciate the time with you, too. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it was nice to talk. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, make sure you find the T-Birds on social media if you want to learn more about the organization and their growth and pathway through the Pacific Division. I want to thank everybody for tuning in for episode one of Go West Junior Hockey Podcast, exclusively devoted to the West Coast, Best Coast. We have the Benaldis with us today. Thanks again, and have a good one. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the most watched show in junior hockey, The Dan K Show, presented by the Pueblo Bulls. For more information about The Dan K Show, head to www.dankshow.com.